Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Day night you know what that means it means it's time for some pro wrestling talk after aew dynamite it means it's wednesday we wear pink you can't sit with us if you don't wear pink but you can't yeah. podcast with us if you don't wear pink i am just lavar coming to you with the normal wednesday night crew uh former WWE referee for over 20 years north of the border in toronto ontario canada he is Mr. Jimmy Corderas, and down south in the beautiful island of Puerto Rico, she is the NYC Demon Diva, Isa. Isa, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm a little heartbroken that you don't have your pink on, but Jimmy, you never let me down. No. He's the reliable ref. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. a reliable ref, uh, always uh, always there to follow his cues and be on his mark. Unlike me, I'm a little bit more of a rebel, a little bit more of a, you never Oh, is you that never what know. it is? Yes. Is that what it is? Justin likes to call it out there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm calling it out there. I called blue. That's what there I got, go. too. Uh, we have so much to talk about, so much AEW to talk about tonight. Is obviously Dynamite, um, uh, Dynamite episode here, the second to last episode before we get to uh, Double or Nothing in Vegas for them. Obviously, uh, expecting big news to come out today. Tony Khan teased such last week. Uh, and boy, there was news that came out that Tony Khan, uh, I think, and crew expected. And there's some other news that I don't know if they did or not a week ago. A lot to talk about. But before we get into all that, which is a lot of fun and very rich in wrestling, uh, rumor, drama, and entertainment, I uh, do have to uh, start off with a piece of news that actually just happened uh, while Dynamite was actually going on in terms of at least it becoming public. And that is the passing 
of WWE Hall of Famer, pro wrestling legend, superstar Billy Graham, uh, just a few weeks shy of his 80th birthday. Uh, Graham, 79, passed away. Uh, he, has, he was recently placed on life support. We knew that. Uh, he's also uh, had a lot of different illnesses he's battled over the years. Uh, COVID-19, life of the ear inf- uh, infection. Um, uh, we, he's had other problems over the years, uh, liver uh, liver issues. Um, he talks about how you know he was he, he was one of the first to heavily use steroids, and he's been openly um, open up about that a lot over the years. That that has caused a lot of the health problems that he's dealt with throughout his career. Uh, very polarizing, you know, Jimmy. I'm going to go to you because uh, I have a feeling you probably would have crossed paths with him because he did come back to WWE several times, and I think his third time was in the late '80s. By the time you were there. But, uh, you know, Billy Graham, not so much in the modern era when we speak modern era. Um, and that would be like the last 40 years. He was his, his prime time was in the 70s. But he very much was Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair before there was and Jesse Ventura, right? the three that usually gets before any of those three roasted their prominence uh, in terms of sports entertainment, the promos, the, the colorful looks. Um, give me your reaction uh, to this news. Superstar Billy Graham's uh, effect on the business and any personal uh, memories or interactions you have with him? Well, uh, first of all, sincerest condolences to his family and friends and everyone. And, and yes, I did have the honor and privilege of getting to cross paths with him uh, when I was uh, just a youngster starting out in this business at, at, in WWF at the time. And, uh, and like you said, Justin, he did influence a lot of superstars over the years who borrowed let's say bits and pieces of what superstar Graham presented. He was, uh, you know, I know people, a lot of fans don't like the term sports entertainment. He was sports entertainment before the became fashionable and cool to call it such. And, and it, again, he, he's such a, a game changer an influencer. And, and the, um, I, I want to say it was Dave Meltzer who, who may have said that um, the wrestling business may have been completely different if superstar Graham was not, there and he could very well be right because you look at even people like triple h rick flair you mentioned jesse ventura hulk Hogan, dusty, all dusty Rhodes, dusty Rhodes, you name them uh and uh yeah it's it, it is it is a sad loss for everyone and um one of the one of the fun things was uh that i got to do was you know they used to um record three weeks worth of television tapings back in the day that they do three weeks of superstars at the, in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm-hmm. But every every third Sunday, they'd have Maple Leaf Gardens. But on the third Monday after, the, the day after on those Maple Leaf Garden shows, they'd do Wrestling Challenge out of Brantford, Ontario. So I'd have the honor and privilege of getting to escort in a minibus uh, several of the talents. And it, there was this one time where I was getting kind of ribbed a lot by a lot of the guys in, in the in the in the bus and it was superstar who kind of stood up and said, come on guys, leave, leave the kid alone, let him drive. And, and you know, it just, we weren't, he, he was always kind and friendly and, and I don't know. It just, it's just sad, man. It's just really sad. Yeah. Issa, uh, follow time, uh, uh, jobs to nobody. Uh, so 79, almost 80, uh, long life lived, but certainly not without its ups and downs as we talked about. And as, as superstar Billy Graham openly talked about, uh, any thoughts, from a, a fan perspective, from a from a from a young girl growing up in Puerto Rico, uh, remember the first time you ever saw or heard of anything about a superstar Billy Graham after the fact? Yeah, it was actually um, watching WWC. I know he was referenced a few times um, watching WWC, but um, obviously, it's never it's never a good 
to find out that one of these legends has passed away. Um, like you mentioned, the last that we heard were the news that he wasn't doing very well. And I know that um, there was a report that doctors suggested to take him out of uh, life support and they didn't. And, and, you know, we're all hoping that he was going to fight through it. Just thoughts and prayers to his family, loved ones, friends, fans, everybody worldwide affected. Um, and yeah, I, he, he's going to have good company up there. Yeah, again, if you uh, don't know much about Superstar Billy Graham, Google him. I mean, just just taking a look mm-hmm. at him, just just images mm-hmm. wise, you'll you'll understand what, yeah. what 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 you know what Jimmy's talking about in terms of the influence that uh, he had. And you know, without him, who knows the path the business goes down? Because it's it's you know he, he he's at his rise, and then it's just a couple years later that you know Vince Jr. that we all know best, uh, you know, purchases the company from his dad and and t- takes things uh, the sports entertainment direction he does. So. A lot of a uh, lot of what ifs in history timeline, but again, rest in peace, thoughts and prayers to Superstar Billy Graham's family. Okay, that having been said, let's go ahead and jump into what is an AEW busy day. I'm sorry to interrupt night. you for one second. I did think it was a nice touch that it was brought up in commentary as soon as the news got out. I, I thought it was great mm-hmm. that AEW acknowledged and sent their their thoughts right. and condolences. Yeah, I mean that's that's a nice thing AEW does do is that they uh, they don't. They 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 are they are they are a forbidden door in that aspect is that they always make reference mm-hmm. to anybody in wrestling uh, even if even if what they're making reference happened under the WWE's roof if if it's a big enough part of history they will at least mm-hmm. acknowledge it without saying WWE so that is I've always thought that's a nice touch of uh, uh, yeah. of, 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 of 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 the of their aspect of their presentation absolutely well speaking of their presentation the Warner Brother Discovery upfronts uh, happened today and it was official. Uh, that the Saturday show that we've been hearing so much rumor about is a thing. It is the going worst to debut. kept secret. The, the worst, worst kept, kept secret. secret. The worst kept secret uh, will officially debut Saturday, June seventeenth at eight p.m. So I know a lot of people thought maybe oh Saturday will we get a six oh five throwback, but no, it's going to be eight p.m. AEW Collision. Uh, Google that. You can see the uh, the logo. It does have a lot of ref- It does have a lot of comparisons i saw to the old uh especially the original nitro logo and it's on tnt so that's there of course AEW president tony khan says in a statement uh with an addition of AEW collision on tnt i'm extremely proud that the turner network turner network will be home of saturday night wrestling for the first time in more than two decades and he goes on to say that uh so then i'm going to kind of jump forward to uh what he says he 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 teased last week that he was going to be on tonight's show with an announcement and we do see him in a pre-tape he makes announcement basically just con- confirming that news. So if you hadn't been on the internet during the day, he confirms that. And then he proceeds to give detail about where you can find Collision in terms of live audience. He says that the first debut episode, we'll find out where that's going to be next week. Keep that in mind. And then after that, he proceeds to run through a tour date, uh, several dates uh, throughout the summer in Canada. And then they also wind up at themselves in New Jersey. So that's all very, very interesting because – we were all led to believe that this first episode would be at the United Center in Chicago. I don't think AEW ever clearly said that because this is obviously the first time that they're openly saying the Saturday show is a thing. But that was, again, another worst kept secret or so we thought. The belief being Chicago, a certain Chicago made punk makes his return and off to the races we are. But are we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I go to our next news headlines and then we'll react to all of it because it all ties together. Warner Brother Discovery earlier in the day today. Um, a, I'm trying to find his name if I can if I can bring it quick enough here. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery was asked about 
CM Punk's involvement with this new show, Collision. And they come out and say that CM Punk is not affiliated with TNT's AEW Collision. So that all of a sudden brought about some head scratching. And then to further go on uh, is that we find out from, I believe it's uh, Fightful Select reporting that the that CM Punk was initially in the press release material. It got pulled uh, basically last minute. And that maybe what the difference is, is that Fightful Select notes that the possibility of Ace Steel, who is CM, one of CM Punk's really good friends, was involved in the famous brawl at All Out, if you might recall, that uh, Fightful Select saying that the possibility of Ace Steel coming back to the company was addressed by Chris Jericho during a meeting with himself and Punk towards the end of last month. Uh, that meeting's goal was to create a sense of a cohesiveness backstage upon Punk's return. A uh, second meeting was purportedly held this week involving Punk and AEW, where it was stated that Steele was welcome to return to the company and work alongside Punk as long as he wasn't present present at television, which Punk supposedly disagreed with this clause. So to sum it up, new show collision gets announced. Everybody thinks it's going to be the new vehicle to have CM Punk back in the company. We think it's going to be in Chicago. Tony Khan says collision's here. We don't know if it's Chicago yet. Then we find out from Warner Brothers Discovery, nope, Punk's not involved at all. And then Fightful Select goes f- even further to say, Punk was involved as uh, as recent as the eleventh hour, but things are have broken down at least on on the sticking point, and now all of a sudden there's been no mention of Punk. Holy bananas! Mm. Holy banana, Jimmy! Wow, <laughs> what, what do you make as, as the drama turns? Well, as the drama turns, I'd love to decipher this thing. It, it, it's just so convoluted, and it's just showing that. They're, they're, the the po- politics side of wrestling getting out there into the public is is just incredible. I remember the days when it was when that was tried to be kept as close to the vest as possible, and some stuff did leak out. And, and if you were privileged enough to to subscribe to certain publications, that you know there was very few of them who knew. But for the most part, now everybody can just jump on the internet and read this kind of stuff and go, oh oh, look at this, look at that. Whatever the case, you know, great news for AEW that they do have the second show because um, not to jump too far ahead into what we're going to talk about tonight. They've got so much stuff that they try to cram into Wednesday nights that it's good that they have another two hours a couple of nights later to try and showcase some talent that they don't get an opportunity to and stop trying to jam in as many talents as they can on Wednesday night. And yes, they do have Rampage. They do have their web shows. But at the same time, live television and it, it is where the money is right now let's put it that way and there is an interest there and it, it, like i said it's a good sign but at the same time if you're relying on a certain individual like a cm punk to be that catalyst for this first episode it looks like there may be a problem here we may uh yeah i don't yeah yeah, Issa, I mean, they have the locker room need to have another may, another A show if, in fact, Collision is going to be that. But to create it and simply we feel like has been building around, as we said, the worst kept secret. And then all, all of a sudden, if Punk is out of the picture, that that really – I mean, I guess next week's the tell sign, right? If Tony Khan comes out and announces a different city than Chicago. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't even know anymore, right? Um, I just – 
I mean, let me ask you something, and this is just being realistic. Can we really rely, regardless of this whole Ace Steel drama, can we really rely on Punk on more than a match-per-match basis, just based on his health and what he has given us on his last run here? Is that really what you want to build a whole show around? I think you need to have a strong plan and make CM Punk the bonus of it, right? Because, like, the injuries that he has suffered in his time with AEW goes to show you that you probably don't want to fully rely on him to, to run this. They need this second show. They need this extra two hours. There's way too many convoluted storylines going on. There's too many people that we're not even seeing at all. I'm excited for that. Uh, I know that a lot of people are kind of crapping on the time, like, spot, but nobody watches TV on a Saturday. So, People might be looking at these ratings and going, oh, those are horrible numbers. Guarantee you they're going to be on the top spots every Saturday, no matter what, because nobody watches TV on Saturday. So I'm, I'm excited for it, but I proceed with care. It's very hard for me to like get fully, fully excited about mm-hmm. something that AW does just because of their track record. And I just wouldn't rely on CM Punk, regardless of all this drama, right? Just based on what he has shown us and based on what he did the last time that he was here. Yeah, valid questions. Uh, well, they are going to have some competition in the fall when it comes to college football. Yes. And they're going to and they're, and they're have competition for most months as WWE's moved most of the premium live events to Saturday night. So uh, that, that'll that be interesting to watch. Uh, Shelboski, uh, exactly. we did see uh, your super chat. Uh, we were just waiting for it. So thank you to that one. Let's go to the chat you're referring to. Uh, and that is the question of why does Tony Khan insist on doing pre-taped announcement announcements? If he isn't comfortable on live mic, have someone else do it, but it doesn't come off well. Well, no, I think everybody knows he's the ball, so I, I like that approach versus uh, what WWE has done for so many years, which is they've kind of stuck somebody with as an authority figure. If Tony Khan's there and we all know he's the boss, let him be the one that makes his announcements. But the pre-tape probably is. If, if And maybe good on him. If he knows, look, my strength is not to go out there and have to talk on a live mic. Let me, if it takes me two or three takes, let me just get a good take, make it as succinct as possible so you're not taking up even more time on what's already a packed show. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I, I, Jimmy. I think the pre-tapes are, are probably the way to go with him, and they always come off kind of smooth and, and right to the point. Right, and and if he did come out to the to the ring or even on stage live, you know that the audience would be kind of taking over the segment, so to speak, because he Chant, does get chanting CM Punk or, or yeah, you whatever know. the case may be. So this was, I think, a, this was a fine way to go and get it done and get it out there. The only thing that again that bothered me is like, okay, we got a big announcement next week. Here's our announcement. That we've got an even bigger announcement next week. You know, it's it's kind of like you said, the, the, the worst kept secret in the world where it was supposed to be and who's supposed to be on it. My only worry is there is a debate too. Is it going to be like two separate and distinct rosters? I hope they don't go that route and and just focus on trying to tell their stories as best as possible over a two night period or three night if you want to include Rampage as well. And don't try to say, hey. We're going to do a roster split and we're going to show these guys how to do it right. Just do your own thing and don't worry about the other guys. If you do your own thing, you guys will be fine. Yeah, I hope they don't attempt for a draft or anything like that. Just just, just tell mm-hmm. me it's this person's over here, this person's over here, and it's fine. Whatever. That's it. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to have a war room strategy. Exactly. All right, so a lot of uh, exciting things going on for AEW. But not without a sense of drama that is uh, hovering around. And I, that, that's what it is. I mean, next week we'll find out what city they go to. And if it's anything, I mean, you know, I, because I, my thought is like they probably, the, the, you know, last week Tony Khan had said, tune into TNT, plus also tune into Dynamo. We have a lot of news. So my guess was now in hindsight is that he had envisioned tonight being, or today being, the upfronts that happened earlier today, 
in the news about TNT and Collision, and then he's going to go on there tonight, tell his Dynamite audience, hey, if you haven't heard, Collision. And oh, by the way, the first one's June 17th in Chicago with a certain person making his return. And now you're off to the races of, of of what have you, but I but he but yeah I think he probably got that taken from him from what it sounds like as as things have gone awry in this meeting, uh, this most recent meeting. So yeah, so he just made an announcement about an announcement. Announcement about an announcement. But he also announced that there's going to be another announcement. Yes, I always love when we'd have meetings to schedule the next meeting. Yeah. All right, let's jump into AEW's Dynamite, mm-hmm. coming to you from Austin. Texas, and we kick it off. And I just want to say, overall, this whole show far more promo and interview heavy than a normal dynamite would be. I'll even point out some time markers as we go. But we kick off with a Wardlow promo. He's in street clothes. He comes right out, calls Christian out. He says, "Christian Cage make a lot of promises. I dare him to come out and try to back up. Come spit in my face." Christian and Luchasaurus come out. Christian gets ready to attempt to spit. Wardlow stops him by uh, putting his hand around his throat, and then it's a two-on-one at that point. Uh, Christian hits Wardo with the ladder. Luchasaurus choke slams Wardo through the ladder, uh, and Christian uh, puts the exclamation on the segment by hitting his kill switch uh, on the ladder. Later on, we would hear from Wardlow, who is ultimately going to challenge Christian to a ladder match for the TNT title at Double or Nothing. Isa, a very fast uh, opener here in terms of a pro- of a promo. We got right to business. Your thoughts on the segment and uh, the fact that we're gonna it's gonna result in a ladder match in ten days. Why do they continue to make Warlow look so weak? <laughs> like, I don't know what the obsession is with just making, I, I don't know, they need some help booking big guys, I guess. I I, I mean, I thought it was great. I, I think the ladder match is, is, we'll see how it goes, because now it feels like we have so many non-disqualification, anything can happen match book into this event, right? We booked that Anarchy in the Arena. We'll get into that later. Now we have a ladder match. We have a fatal four-way we have, what? what is that other, I don't know. Every match feels like it's going to be an anything can go kind of match. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how this plays out because now I'm starting to wonder, is Christian going to win here? Because that's the that's the vibe that I got out of tonight. And nothing against that. And Jimmy, don't come for me. I know you love Christian. But it just, it's not going to help Wardlow. What are we doing for Wardlow here at this point? Outside of making him look like an angry sales, like car salesman. That's and all. Jim- and Jimmy, it should be noted we did see Arn Anderson backstage later when the Oh my god, the way to. he threw that ice. <laughs> yeah, Arn chucks the ice at the at the wall. He's like, This is why I need to be out there. And Wardlow's like, No, what went on is the reason why I didn't want you out there. Right. Uh so so is Arn gonna be a factor in this? Or I mean, what do you what do you make of, of how they've set this up now for as as Issa said, another anything goes uh weapons match? Well, Arn could be a factor in the sense that Wardlow is more concerned for him, and and that's how you can possibly have the title change hands and Christian climbing the ladder and winning. But, but like Issa said, now it's created some doubt. If there wasn't a ladder involved, if this was just a straightforward match, you could make the argument and say, Hey, you know what? I don't see Christian beating the guy. There's no way. And then uh, with possibly some help from Luchasaurus, it could possibly happen, but I don't see that happening. Now that there's a ladder match, which Christian is very closely associated with, there is that doubt. There is that, Hmm. Maybe it can happen here because you don't have to pin Luchasaurus. You don't have to make him submit, you know, <clears throat> have him you know, distracted in some form or fashion by, by, like I said, Luchasaurus, or even have Arn being one of the reasons why he is taken out of this match. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like the segment. It was good. It's just the other things later on that made me go. Hmm. 
Yeah, a lot of people in the chat seem to be pretty convinced that the, this is a bad booking for Wardlow and that he's going to lose. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the best booking, but I do think that ultimately this is going to result in a win. I think they're trying to stack the deck on Wardlow, put a guy like Christian Cage, who, as you said, famous for ladder matches, and let Wardlow overcome that. I think next week now, the, the go-home show in Dynamite, uh, you know, five days prior is going to be really big uh, to re restore hope and re restore interest in Wardlow uh, getting his uh, get, getting getting to give Christian his uh, at double or nothing. But uh, yeah, again, not not often that they start out with a segment like this, uh, but that's what they did. Um, normally would start out. I thought it yeah, worked. I thought I, 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 I again, I'll, if we look at the first half hour, um, it might have been the least amount of bell to bell minutes that AEW has done in a in in, a, in the first half hour of Dynamite. Because uh, next up we get back. Uh, next up we um, we get Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen teaming up against Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Uh, ultimately, Darby's going to end up winning this with a headlock takedown on Lee. And of course, they make point uh, of the headlock takedown and it being a message to MJF. So the theme tonight is we're going to see all uh, we're going to see all three of MJF's opponents tonight featured as they get ready for the double or nothing match. Issa, uh, thoughts on Darby Allen and the way that he came off from his match as being the first of the pillars to be showcased tonight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had Orange Cassidy music hit. Like, couldn't we at least have Darby's music hit first? Because we start every week with Orange Cassidy. So you hear that music and you already assume, oh, God, here we go again, right? Um, there was a lot of Orange Cassidy. There was a lot, a lot of Darby Allen on tonight's show. I thought this was a fun match overall, but I... I mean, I have a very hard time seeing Big Bill sell for Darby. I'm sorry. I said what I said. He looks ridiculous. I, no, it looks like uh, he, Big Bill and Darby in the ring together, it, looked, it looks like an adult is, like, abusing a teenage child. I got to tell you something about the pacing. <laughs> God, Lamar. I got to tell you something about the pacing of tonight's show. It felt like they didn't care about the first hour, and then they put everything stacked on the second hour. They could have just changed a couple of things around. And we'll get into it later, but yeah, I I just can't. At one point, I saw Orange Cassidy and Darby both working together. That made a lot more sense when you're dealing with Big Bill here. But again, I just made the same criticism with Warlow. It's like we don't know how to book these big guys in AEW. What's what? I like big meaty men stopping me. They they can call me. I'll help them. Jimmy uh, Darby, as I said last week. Most most everybody does not have a belief of MJF losing this title, but Darby is the uh, front runner uh, with the the, the the biggest of the small chances, uh, according to the bet online gambling odds. Uh, your thoughts on Darby being the first pillar rolled out tonight and how he looked? Well, I thought he looked effective. That he definitely did, and like Issa said, it, typical AEW style tag team match. And you know, I'm I'm getting used to it. It was fun. It showcased the guys, and they, you know they sold. And they came back from their selling. They overcame adversity. And that's what you want from your baby faces, to, especially ones that are – it's almost like the reverse land of the Giants in AEW. Remember back in the day, WWE was the land of the Giants. These guys are, are the land of the cruiserweights. Mm -hmm. But uh, and, and really quickly, announcing Darby Allen at 175 pounds. Uh, I'm 175 pounds. Take it easy. But um, <laughs> I, they're weighing him with the skateboard. Uh, oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. But you know, hey, they're they're doing their best, I think, to to showcase the four pillars. It's just that I, I'm not feeling that this yet is 
main event pay-per-view quality. Well, you know, funny you say that. Uh, you know, obviously we will get to this when we get to the main event, the main event segment of tonight. But uh, I'm pretty convinced at this point that this match is not going to finish the double or nothing show. Um, and and again, given the probably overall predictability of who's winning this, it, maybe it shouldn't. Um, so we'll, we'll just table that and get back to that. Uh, something again that kind of teases towards the main event segment is we get a parking lot brawl as the Young Bucks are arriving in the parking garage and the Blackpool Combat Club uh, attacks them and leaves them lane. So we won't really comment. We'll just kind of leave that there because we're going to tie it all together in a little bit. Continue with the pillars, Sammy Guevara. He gets to have a squash match against Exodus Prime. Doesn't even go 30 seconds, I don't think. So, uh, and then he gets on the mic, recalls the good and the bad days riding the roads of the Indies in Texas. Um, and so I had the question, but it kind of got answered later. Like, uh, is Sammy a heel or a face here? But it seems they are trying to ban all of the pillars that are facing MJF together with a certain certain trust to each other. He's so stupid. <laughs> it is. You and I both know it is. At the, we'll get into it later, but it, it's dumb. He's not a he's not a baby face. He's not likable. He was just like trying to get in the car with NJF a week ago, and now that's when we're supposed to go. Like, yeah, Sammy, I believe in you. No, that's not how it works. The whole way they book this entire storyline is just not how it works. And, and and you really, I I, I mean, the one thing that I do enjoy about Sammy Guevara is the crazy spots that he does in every single match. And maybe we're conserving him for. Double or nothing. Apparently, he's the only one we're conserving because you have Darby doing some crazy stuff. You have Jungle Boy bleeding lately, mm -hmm. later, but then uh, Sam is just squashing someone because he looks like he can squash. Anyways, don't get me started. But I like to see his crazy. Sp and we don't even get that, right? We get like a 20 minute match from one, 20 minute match from the other. And the, other, the one that I actually do enjoy watching what, what the hell is he going to do next is the one that we get for like 30 seconds. Whatever. He's not a baby face. He's not. A, he's never been a baby face. Why are you trying to push the, this narrative now? It makes no sense. Well, and I, I imagine come double or nothing, he will. He will. He will be the first of the pillars to defect and 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 get shady. Uh, but 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 yeah. I mean, Jimmy, kind of what he said. This this was kind of a question too. Is the, cho the choice of Darby works a tag match against two guys that are TV known, Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, and then later we're going to see Jungle Boy versus uh, Roosh in a very uh, violent match. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Is it supposed to be the concept of Sammy is the most heelish? So let's give him the easiest night. I mean, does it? But I, I but it, it did come off kind of weird to me that he does that. No, I don't have a problem with him coming out if he's if he's presented as the heel to have that squash match and go, oh wow, see, I'm really ready for this now. No, he got that babyface promo, big time babyface promo afterwards, which made absolutely no sense because it felt so okay. Well, this week it's like okay, flip a coin. You know what I mean? That's how it felt to me. So it's kind of taking me out of the situation. Yes, I get the idea. Oh, us three should band together to go against this a-hole over here and try to get the title off him. But at the same time, oh, man, it just it just felt too random to me. And I, yes, I get it. Austin, Texas, he's back in his home area. But at the same time, when you want heel heat, rank on the people you supposedly, the area you came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I, a little thing like, you know, they say it's great coming home, but not always, especially if it's Austin, Texas, something, anything. Yeah. Thing, yeah. You know. No, I, I, I mean, again, I, and, and, and as we'll touch on again as we go through here, I know that they're trying to stack the deck on MJF. And so, you know, if Sammy's still acting so much like a heel, then it could still be perceived more as like a 
tag situation or that it's equal two on two. But I but I agree. It just, it, the, the promo just felt out of place. I don't I, I don't know. And you know, look, this you know, Double or Nothing's their big show. And again, uh, you know, MJF's. Uh, I think MJF's a very good champion. I think you know he's again he's somebody I buy being the champion for a while. But I don't know what it says when you're going into your big show and it's so lopsided that I'm convinced that the that, that title match shouldn't even end the show. I don't know what that means. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll get back to it here in a few moments as we still have Jungle Boy's match to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Schiavone introduces Jeff Jarrett and company. Uh, FTR attacks immediately as they are coming out. They uh, put Satnam Singh off the stage into some tables, begin to brawl all around, and then all of a sudden there's a lady in the ring and she hits a low blow. It's none other than Karen Jarrett. Karen Jarrett, low blow on cash. Uh, Jeff Jarrett hits a stroke on Dak. Satnam Singh is back, and he hits the double choke slam on FTR. And then Double J and Jay Lethal double guitar shots on FTR. So... Karen Jarrett is all elite. I'd have to assume, Jimmy. Uh, we can assume, but as they say, you should never assume, as <laughs> you know, you, you know the rest. Know. But at the same time, it's just uh, here we go again. It's it's these promo segments. It, we started off the night with a, with a great promo segment that ended up in a brawl, and then we have this what appears to be another promo segment turn into a brawl. And then backstage interviews are always interrupted, and and something happens. There's always interactions, you know. Oh my goodness. It's it's too it would mean more if it didn't happen so often. That's the problem I'm having is we're seeing similar situations happening throughout the entire night. Yeah. Uh Issa, uh this is a super chat from a Justin Marie and this um you know maybe maybe this will will this change or get worse with the addition of collision. Uh but she says feels like there's no consistency in story sometimes. It's like they don't think further from week to week and don't remember what they did previously uh your thoughts to that i i agree a little bit i mean i do think that the, the thing with and, and i think wwe also suffers from this here and there like some of the things that work they work you're invested and some of the things that that you just couldn't care less but as somebody that has to watch every week i do see a lot of inconsistency and and i do think like wait did i watch the right show last week like i have to go back and be like no 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 this happened last week like we covered this you know so i think the inconsistency is hurting them and and i do think that maybe the addition of collision can help them kind of like set something straight tell the longer storylines like this pay-per-view they've had months to build and going into tonight we had two matches mate it just makes no sense that we had no storylines going into it. Um, as far as the segment that we're talking about, FTR was very over with the Austin, Texas crowd. I mean, they were chanting their name loud. So I did like the way that the heel team got their heat back, even though I really don't care for this feud. I did think this was very well done. As a big fan of the heel female manager of Valet, I was here for Karen Jarrett, you know, showing off. It, it did add a little bit of, okay, fine. I kind of liked it um, to a few that I really haven't cared about until this point, except for the except for the farm segment. This farm segment yeah. will live in my head rent-free forever. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I thought was interesting that, about this segment is the time it got, and um, again, it, you know, we're, we're 10 days out, is that the whole gimmick of this match coming up at Double or Nothing right is is mark briscoe yep he's a special ref and basically like you know, who's he gonna side with and so i would have thought why, why, like, why was he not out there like what like especially in the situation tonight where these attacks are happening shouldn't he have been out there to be like seen in some kind of a struggle of like 
you know, because both both teams had the upper hand at one point. You know, at first it's FTR who sneak attacks. They get the up, up you know, put the big man off, off the stage. So, you know, at first they have it up. So maybe Mark Briscoe comes out and is like, no, no, don't do it this way. You know, and then double. I don't know. I, I was just surprised. No Mark Briscoe tonight when he's like kind of like the pivotal center point to this whole thing. But if if he shows up, was wouldn't that kind of show his cards? Maybe they're trying to save that for the pay per view. I, well, I I thought if he shows up tonight, it's, you don't have him show his cards. You, you show you show the the the, the struggle that he in theory right, right, right. I don't know. I, right. I, don't know. No, I get that, but at the same time you still got one more week and you don't want to they, they they cram so much into tonight that uh, you can save that for one more week. Yeah. Are you going to say it? Are you going to say 10 and 20? Uh 20 and 10. 20 and 10. Oh yeah, 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 20 and 10. Yeah. I wish it was 10 and 20 sometimes honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh there were some days in the 3-hour Monday night rolls that felt like 10 and 20. I just couldn't quite mm-hmm. fill it all up. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on. <clears throat> Jamie Hader legitimately injured, apparently, or dealing with an injury, uh, at least at least enough to not be out there tonight. So we, instead of a six-woman tag, we get just a traditional two-on-two tag of Ruby Soho and Tony Storm up against Hikaru Shida and Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, through some distractions and all, Britt gets hit with some spray paint by, by Tony Storm. Uh, later on, Tony Storm would challenge backstage Jamie Hader at Double or Nothing, so Hader must be good enough to go in 10 days for them mm-hmm. to decide to have that challenge. Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on the women's tag team match and Outcast trying to keep their heat and heel run going? I didn't have a problem with the match itself. I only had a problem with the finish, only because of what happened later in the night, and it ties together. Uh, you know, the, the green spray paint, right? In, in the face leading into the um, um, the finish. Uh, I, I just didn't, it, it didn't help because, it, it, again, the heat, went to the wrong people. It didn't go to the heels. It went to the referee. And that should not happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Issa? Yeah, um, I, I I was entertained by the match. I thought it was a good tag match. The problem is that I couldn't help but to start thinking, like, why am I not more into this? You have Britt Baker out there. I hate seeing Britt Baker take pins. And I know she's over in the fence, like, or maybe they feel like she can't take these pins because it's not going to affect her. But it might start affecting her, right? We do see her lose a lot after she dropped the championship. And in addition to that, I couldn't help but to think, like, Soraya debuted back at Grand Slam. That seems like an eternity ago. And she has been involved in the same storyline with the same people the entire time that she's been here. So it is perfectly normal to feel a little bit of a burnout from the story. We're seeing the same women go against each other in some kind of different version every week. And yeah, I just, I just, I'm ready for them to move on from this and and see. Maybe the outcasts can do more if you like keep them away from Jamie Hader, DMD, and, and the same group of people every single week. Yeah, Issa, I, I didn't, I, I forgot that it was Grand Slam that Soraya. I mean, yeah, you, when you when you put it like that, <laughs> uh, and that we have gone through three three fourths of the year. <laughs> yeah, the first match, the match with Britt Baker was a full gear. That's what this was back in November. <laughs> Why are we still having this? Like, it, it's just, it, that's way too long for this to be going on. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, so we will get Tony Storm, uh, who's going to go up against uh, Jamie Hader, who I believe Hader's, Hader got the title by beating Tony Storm. So They had a great uh, match. Yeah. Back yeah. up full gear. Again, the same women involved with the same people for too long. So we'll see where the, if, if any progress happens. Uh, Orange Cassidy backstage <clears throat> early in the night had, um, I talked about if anybody wants a shot at his uh, international title just to go knock on Tony Khan's door. Well, then later we get a follow-up pre-tape. Renee, Renee, very busy tonight. Renee's with Orange Cassidy, and she says that 20 people went and knocked on 
Tony Khan's door. I want a shot. Orange Cassidy says, that's a lot of people, but I'll just take them all on. So count me in. I make 21. We're going to be in Vegas. 21 is blackjack, right? So we're going to have a blackjack battle royal, it seems, for Orange Cassidy's international title. Uh, Issa, I know, uh, you know, Orange Cassidy, normally we start the show out with him. Obviously, as we talked about earlier, he was in the number two spot tonight. Follow up a couple of uh, backstage segments. Do you like the Orange Cassidy battle royal concept? I mean, I, I think there's some pe- some potential spots that could be done of Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy having to survive 20 other people for a battle royal. Yes, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than what you've been doing with him, right? We're selling yeah. that he's on this streak. He's been winning all of these matches. He did open the show match-wise, Labar. He did have the <laughs> first match on the show, okay? Um, but I, I do think that this will add something a little more interesting than what we've been seeing week after week after week. So, yeah, I'm excited to see for this. I hope we have some surprise appearances, some surprise spots, maybe some returns. We'll see how it goes. Jimmy, what do you think this does for this international title that's been featured every single week? Well, it's been featured every single week. Why not have it in, in a battle royal? It's a little bit different. And again, I hope it's not just done to protect Orange Cassidy if you're planning on putting the title on someone else. But then again, it is an out. Let's put it that way. It's a simple, it's a simple solution to, hey, do we want him to continue as the international champion or do we want to move on and try to elevate someone else as well? And this is a good way to accomplish both. Let's put it that way. That's what I wondered. He's so over, as we've talked about. Um, but I wonder, with Forbidden Door event pay per view being next month, um, do they want some? They, do they want an international star from another promotion? You know, does somebody show from New Japan that's a surprise and win it? Or so I, I do wonder if that's what if this is a protective way to get it off of him without him getting pinned one, two, three. And and maybe they have bigger plans for him. Maybe maybe they look at him and say, all right, we got to elevate him up the card. He's he's bigger than this international title. I, I don't what know. what if all 20 competitors gang up on one and eliminate him first? Uh, I mean, I you have my attention. You'd have my attention at that point. I'd be like, all right, well, we, now we have a new champion coming out of this. And who's it going to be? Right. Right. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. No, I mean, it, again, it's I, I, I like the fact it provides, you know, potential creative uh different creative avenues to go all right we get one of the big advertised matches coming into this week and that is the false count anywhere match between roderick strong and chris jericho jas banned from the building as is adam cole all due to that uh, stingy litigation and uh, uh roddy comes out strong with knees and elbows to jericho uh, they eventually fight in the concourse for a while which just looks like a security nightmare as it's half aew security half building security and the reason i say that is because the AEW security is keyed in. They know what they know. What's what? They know who's who. They know to make sure they let the camera person get in front of them. They know whatever. They, 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 they travel with the company. They know. Building security, no. <laughs> Building security just got just got smartened up about two hours earlier from some supervisor, uh, and you can see the crazy struggle, Jimmy. I know you've been part of many of those situations, uh, but I did not envy uh, any of the security teams as they were trying to work hand in hand, keeping the talent referees camera people photographers grips all the people working for aw safe but eventually all this uh ballyhoo leads to them fighting outside the building technically and technically that means adam cole can show up which he did Mm -hmm. he hits his boom uh plus uh, roddy hits a jumping knee all in the mulch and they pin jericho and chris jericho loses on aw dynamite to roderick strong uh isa it was clever with the technicality but uh Look, this made Roderick Strong. I don't know. This was a pretty, pretty big deal for Roderick Strong. I think. Yeah, I mean, he outsmarted Chris Jericho, and props to him. I, 
I was so sports entertained. This was my favorite thing on. Well, I did like the ending, so it was up there. Match wise, this was my favorite match on the show. I just love where everything went. Right, all the scenery. That's what. If you're gonna call it a fall counts anywhere match, make it a fall counts anywhere. Like I hate when those matches end in the ring. Let's just start there. Like, don't make the the stipulation if you're not gonna go through with it. I, at one point, they were fighting that stairwell. It gave me Sad Gower and Brock Lesnar vibes. I was like, oh god, somebody's gonna ha- something bad's gonna happen here. But um, I really, really liked it. The ice cream, like, it got silly, it got violent. I will say, at one point, I kind of forgot that it was a full count anywhere match, and like. <laughs> uh, Roddy went to pin Jericho on like the stairs, and I was like, "Why is he laying on top of me like that?" I it was that was my own bad. I love the that the end that it ended outside. It was such a different visual. I I have fun. I like this, and I thought that him outsmarting Jericho and all this legal paperwork, he paid off for something that I thought sounded a little lame last week. They shut me up. I thought this was very well done. Um, I I loved it. Jimmy, you've logged a lot of steps. In a false kind of anywhere match. Uh, what did you think of this one and uh, the technicality uh, of Adam Colby outside and, and and Roderick Strong pinning Chris Jericho on an AEW Dynamite? I thought it was, you talk about an elevation, this was an elevation and, and big time for Roderick Strong and, and props to Chris Jericho because he took some hard hits in this one. I got to put it, did you see his chest? I do not envy him having to His chest out. was red before they even started going on to like the, the outside. Like it was it, insane. Yeah, they, there was some hard hitting going on in that one. They were not taking it easy, let's put it that way. And it was entertaining. And they did some innovative, different stuff. And, you know, false count anywhere. And you talk about anywhere, this went everywhere. Let's put it that way. You know, fighting in the stairwell, fighting in the concession stand, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and the, the pinfall attempt, like you said, on the, you know, stairs going up in the, uh, in the arena. All kind of unique, different stuff. And... Like you said, the baby faces outsmarted him big time. Chris Jericho prides himself on being one of the smartest wrestlers out there. Now he got outsmarted, and that's the story being told. And it continues, you know, especially him and Adam Cole coming up. Now I want to see what happens here as well. So they, they've got me interested. And that visual Adam Cole just, like, showing up. They did it, the, the camera, the production, they did it so well, though, where you're like, oh, shit, he is allowed to be here. Like I fought for it. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Prop, props to them because they had the camera that was trying to follow them all through the concourse. And yeah. then just as they get it to the outside, they already had another camera person waiting, uh, positioned perfectly to make sure that they could see that shot of Adam Cole who's going to appear over Chris's shoulder. Uh, so, yeah, nice job by a nice job by AW production. Don't, going all around the building is tough because here's the thing. And some people don't, you know, and again, Jimmy, I know you can speak to this. And, and Anissa, you're doing more now with 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 promotion. So you're seeing more like when when when, when companies decide to do these falls kind of anywhere. What, but a lot of one of the things that fans don't think about that's a camera person, a sound guy, and people walk. And, a, and I said grip earlier, these cameras are all wired back to a truck at the end of the day, right? Uh, or, or to a or to or they're plugged in somewhere that's remote, but they're, but they're all wired back to a place. And so when you're going everywhere, that, that's 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 hundreds of feet, thousands of feet of cable you need to make sure you have. And all of a sudden, if you don't have it, all of a sudden <clears throat> you're not on the air, you don't have a picture of, of the action. And so, a lot of things that can go wrong. And then you have, oh, by the way, hundreds of fans who are just trampling to try to get 
uh, you know, get, 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 get up close and personal to it. So a lot of things go wrong. And so, you know, props to them for making that happen. And then, like I and said, you're outside on this one. There's so many things that could go wrong. Right. <laughs> exactly. and they, they had a camera person already stationed where they need to have. So they really did execute this yeah. from a production standpoint. Yes, they did. Really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shabowski, uh, once again, another super chat saying Roderick Strong came off as wimpy at the end, backing up and putting his hands up to stop. Very heelish for him and Cole. Uh, personally, uh, is it didn't like it. Uh, well, to each their own, but um, no. I thought this was one of the stronger points of the show for us. I think so, too. Uh, uh, sorry, Shabowski, I disagree. I, 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 I do as well. I think that um, they crossed the line on, on where they need to come off. And Jericho has made this very personal with Adam Cole, so I don't blame them for being prepared to play dirty, too. Yeah, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of fun moments in this one. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Go, ch- go check it out if you if you didn't watch Dynamite. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and do uh, the last of the three pillars that are going to perform tonight is Jungle Boy. He's going to go up against Roosh and easily the most competitive match that we're going to see any of the pillars have tonight. Uh, this one gets a little bit of bloody at one point. Uh, I-, I tweeted this one. There is a spot on the apron where Roosh does a overhead belly-to-belly German and uh, sending Jungle Boy to the floor. And, you know, look, if this is timed, if timing is different, by half a second, any which way, uh, Jungle Boy might not be making it to the main event at Double or Nothing. It was a <laughs> scary spot. Quite yeah. frankly, if I'm Jungle Boy and I'm 10 days away from the biggest match I'm ever going to have, which is I'm in a, a world title match with this kind of build, I don't know. I Maybe I draw a line on some spots that I'm going to take. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being, I don't know. I just I, I thought I was like, wow, what a risk. But nonetheless, Jungle Boy is going to actually win via a roll-up. Uh, <laughs> we knew we were due for one of these. Um, post-match numbers uh, take advantage here, but eventually Darby oh and then Sammy God. come out to even the odds, and it seems that all three of them are on the... They could all coexist as they get ready to take on MJF. Issa, you are uh, migraine with pain here. Yes, I am. Uh, listen, first of all, at one point, they're going to the outside. There's definitely no 10 count because they were out there for a long time. And then they go into the crowd. We just saw it. You're not going to outdo what Chris Jericho and Roddy Strong did. So give us that good technical match in the ring. Make it completely opposite from what we just saw. Or put this in the opening of the show. You know, like I said, they could have paced this differently because we had a lot of good wrestling on that second hour. The first hour, you can skip it if you didn't watch the show. Um, Yeah, that spot was crazy. But look, coming out, I don't care how big of a baby face you are. It just doesn't make any sense. You're going to fight three other guys for the world championship, the biggest match you ever had, and you have somebody maybe taking one out, so then your odds are just three guys instead of four? Why would you come out and help? Yeah. What? It just made everyone look so stupid. And I got to tell you something. I went back and I started thinking about at one point people were very high on this story. And that is the very first night when we saw all of them interact and they were taking shots at each other. And then they started making them buddy buddies. And that's where I think this whole thing went wrong. Like, why couldn't they just keep one open each other, showing why they're the real pillar or the stronger pillar? Instead, they just make them all coexist. And I know we say, oh, can they coexist? In this case, they shouldn't coexist. You're fighting for the biggest prize in AEW. F coexisting. The title mm. should be the main goal for everybody, regardless of who you're going against. That's all. Uh, yeah, Jimmy. I mean, uh, the logic is is questionable there, as Issa brings mm-hmm. up. Of why would you want to keep your odds <laughs> difficult? 
No, I, I get when, when you have baby faces kind of helping each other and stuff like that. But as we said, Sammy Guevara, you know, tonight with that, uh, that promo that he cut, uh, sounding like a baby face and he now he's saying he you know we have to work together and get through this uh like you guys said it best there needs to be that you know what we are facing each other at this thing so if you make it there fine if you don't make it there that's on you i'm not you know not on me it just yeah, they're losing me. Here's a, a story where you're talking about the four pillars, guys who have been there in AEW from the beginning, fighting for their biggest prize. But at the same time, you're making it seem like, why do I want to care? Make me want to care or make me want to think that, hey, somebody has a shot at becoming the new, you know, AEW champion, especially dethroning this, this SOB. You're on your own. They're not going to yeah. be able to freebird the freaking title between the three of them. Like, I don't understand where this crazy idea is coming from. It just makes them look oh. ridiculous. I hope nobody heard that. No. Oh, God. <laughs> freebird. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they go, they go to Renee backstage uh, who uh, ask. <laughs> They go to Renee backstage, who uh, asks MJF, who's looking on, not very happy. Uh, you know, what does she think about? Uh, well, what does he think about his uh, chance to hold on to that title? And he just simply smacks the microphone away from her and walks on. So, yeah. uh, MJF's backs up against the wall, but you know, like we're all talking about, and I think I've seen different things. I don't know which what I don't know what is exactly the most accurate in terms of number, but uh, I've seen some different things floating around about how you know, look, they've done double or nothing in Vegas for several years now, and how last year, you know, it did this compared to its capacity but like supposedly where they're at right now like nowhere near the ticket sales that they had been in the previous year so you know yeah according to uh wrestle ticks they're an incredible page they they always keep us updated with the tickets numbers they did very well when the tickets first got released before anything was announced but an entire month went by where they only sold 222 tickets that is concerning to me Mm. but I also think that them doing the same pay-per-views in the same locations will start hurting them. Eventually, mm. I feel the same way about the one that they do in Chicago every year, all out, all in. I don't know. I'm so confused with this all out, all in. But I do think they need to start like moving them to different locations. But Double or Nothing is a staple in Vegas. like you know, It makes sense. But um, how many times can you sell the same thing with the same people at the same arena? You know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, Vegas is a heavy tourist area, but I don't know if, it, you know, if, if you're a tourist and you're traveling to Vegas, are you traveling to go, you go watch pro wrestling? You know, I, I mean, let's, let's like, let's keep it real. We had WWE had to downsize WWE yeah. with money in the bank, which is considered a big event for them. They had to downsize the size of the stadium arena they were going to use because it wasn't selling, let alone a pay-per-view that we can expect here every year. So on a holiday weekend, nonetheless, which is when mm-hmm. it costs them most to travel, and they're doing it on a Sunday, which I think that I, I, there's a lot of factors going into mm. this one that I just think is yeah. hurting it. But I will say, as a fan, and I watch AW since day one, I feel like this is the least hype that I feel about a double or nothing. I, maybe, the, uh, yeah, definitely double or nothing, and it's on the lower end for any of their pay-per-views. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, they got a big match made official that we'll get to in a few moments. Uh, so and then they still have one more dynamite to go, and then of course, right. hey, look, this time next week, we could be talking about the announcement of CM Punk returning. So they you know, they might be able to build that bridge between now and you know, so a lot of things could happen. Uh, not that Punk would be a double or nothing, but it, you know, it just might drum up 
just general interest and momentum. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. He said this. It feels going into the show. This feels like one of the lightest bits of momentum yeah. it had. Yeah. I will say one thing. It will probably sell out. You will probably see a sold-out crowd just because Vegas is such a city known for, hey, I'm here. What's going on in the town tonight? Because mm-hmm. I've done that a million times where it's like, oh, there's tickets to this show. Let's go to it. Because that's what mm-hmm. people do when they visit. Even if they have no idea what AEW is, they'll show up because the tickets are going for cheap the night off. Mm-hmm. So I do think we're going to see a fun crowd regardless. All right. We get Jay White versus Ricky Starks. They've obviously had a, you know, a cat and mouse game. Over the weeks, uh, Ricky, of course, as a touting originally from New Orleans, but after Hurricane Katrina, found himself relocating to the Austin, Texas area. So it's kind of like his second home. Uh, of course, Juice Robinson's out there, and Juice gets involved with the chair. Ricky gets a hold of that chair, starts using it against Juice, uh, then using it against Jay White, and DQ is called. Uh, Jimmy, uh, a rare DQ in the AEW record books, but mm-hmm. we get one here. Thoughts on the choice of it and the execution of it? Uh, I didn't think it was executed very well. I thought the, the, the distraction for, for Juice to come in with the chair was not done well at all. It made, the, again, the referee look totally bad in this one. It, all the heat went to him again. And, and, and it's just, you know, th- th- this is an ongoing issue they have. And, and I wish they would address the refereeing issue uh, or how they they do the distractions because, uh, I don't have a problem with them getting distracted, but it happens too often and it doesn't happen in creative ways where the heels are outsmarting them. It's just like, Hey, come with me. That kind of, it's, and it didn't work. And especially you had the DQ in this one and in the other match uh, with the ladies where you had the green paint on the face and all that. I mean, yes, you didn't technically see her get sprayed in the face, but at the same time, yeah, there it is. You know right. what I mean? So uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just didn't work for me. I, I, I wasn't having a problem with the match itself. Again, it was one of those. Here's the thing tonight. I was enjoying the matches for mo- for the most part, for and most of them, until the finishes. Hmm. He said it's never, never a good recipe to uh, enjoy watching all the movies, but be mad about how they end when you walk out yeah. of the theater. Yeah, right. I mean, good thing the show itself had a good ending. This didn't. I mean, they... There's very rare DQs in AEW. I will say that we did see one not too long ago, and now we're seeing another one. I hope this doesn't become a habit uh, because I do appreciate the fact that they don't do the DQ finish. But they have to be consistent. That's the thing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The thing that I that bothered me, I, I thought this was a great match. I did. I, I liked it. But the thing that bothered me a little bit about this is that you had what we call the hottest free agent a few a month or two ago. And you have Ricky Starks, who had all the momentum. I mean, he was fighting for the world title just a few months ago. And this just didn't feel like they're that big of a deal. And I don't understand why it didn't feel that way. Something was not clicking in regards to the buildup to this or how it should have felt. Maybe they should have feuded and had a promo back and forward and, and maybe save it for the pay-per-view. I don't know. Something didn't click for me here. But the match itself was good. I just feel like it should have felt like a bigger deal, and I just wasn't feeling that, and, and that it bothered me a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it. it I, I kind of agree with what Jimmy said. I, I was kind of in this, and then the ending just just took, just deflated mm-hmm. my balloon mm-hmm. <laughs> of this whole thing, of, of this feud that's had, you know, weeks Because of, you booked of... two guys that, that needed to win or right. couldn't afford to lose right. against right. each other. You know, you have this, this uh, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um. I wasn't really impressed with it. Thank God it was not the way they're ending the show, though. Oh. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. 
Uh, so they kept, they made this the main event match, but they kept in the main event spot, which is the final segment of the show, is the uh, anticipated and promoted all night that we will hear from Don Callis, who, of course, literally stabbed Kenny Omega a week prior, as we discussed. Uh, and so we're going to hear from Don Callis. Before we get into that, real quick, big thanks to everybody who's been sh- tuning in live. Thanks to the chat rooms. Uh, like, subscribe, comment if you could. If you're checking us out after the fact on the archive for video, that's wonderful. Uh, they're wearing pink. I'm not. Issa's looking great. Jimmy and I are Jimmy and I. Uh, if you're checking out audio only, that's fine too. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I got a really nice note the other day from uh, from a guy uh, from Delaware who's a mailman, and he listens to this podcast to, uh, while he's he's out there uh, delivering the mail. So swig a beer for the for the mailman. Uh, love it. Please tweet us. Let us know where in the world you are uh, and how this podcast is getting through with you uh real quick before we get into don Callis, uh, another super chat coming through it seems timely from shelbowski jimmy you're 100 right but after bully ray brought the question up to tony on busted open tony Khan lately said he had more important things to worry about than the referee no i remember i actually listened to that interview and uh, the, the other thing that tony said was our fans don't care about that sort of stuff and i'm like what do you mean our fans don't care about that stuff it's part of the wrestling business here's my Uh, response to that if your fans don't care about that how many new fans are you going to make exactly exact mundo and the funny thing is that uh, i haven't heard tony khan back on busted open any days that bully ray is on no i mean coincidence no no comment um, I mean, Lavar might know, but he's not gonna tell us. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. No. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into this main event here. Yeah. So Don Callis comes out uh, by Tony Schiavone, and they're showing the footage from the week prior. And Don says, "Everybody wants to know why I did what I did with the, did what I did to Kenny, but what about what Kenny did to me? I'm the victim in this situation." He oh. talks about Omega and Jericho and the Tokyo Dome because of him. Uh, Omega being you know, champion in Japan because of him. Uh, first night, Callus is there in AEW. Omega wins the world title because of him. Touting all of this, then here comes Kenny Omega, who's being uh, cut off by the security. He starts to attack security within the Blackpool Combat Club. They come and attack him. Numbers galore all over Omega. And then here comes the Young Bucks. Here comes Kenny Omega. Here comes Hangman Adam Page all together. I'm a version of him. The uh, yeah, eye patch and all yeah. for Hangman Page. Uh, the elite all together, they come out and run off the heels and Hangman gets on the mic and says, this is us. This is the elite. You know, we you know we are we are that and challenges them to an anarchy rules, anarchy in the arena match at double or nothing. And Jimmy, to me, this is what you close a double or nothing with, because I quite frankly, this is the more unpredictable, chaotic, interesting story. Absolutely. This is the one that's going to get you talk about which one is going to sell buys, sell tickets. This is the one for me that is going to get the most interest for all fans. And and they did it right this time. And I, Don Callis is, is just <laughs> he's just magic on the mic. Let's put it that way. Great at generating heat. He said all the right things. And I love the way that, you know, the baby faces all came out and stuck up for each other and, the eye patch was a nice little touch for Kenny, you know, uh, uh, for a uh, hangman. I mean, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. And if this doesn't close out the show, then they are doing themselves in, an injustice. Yeah. Unless they have some swerve bro with the MGF uh, four way match. 
Uh, Issa, your thoughts? I think uh, from what I've heard from you earlier or throughout the tonight, you, you like this ending. This was a good ending for you. Oh, I loved it so much. I thought it was so well executed. Um, I, I love the heat on Don Carlos. You just you just can't buy that. You know, the booze, mm. it was it was beautiful to hear. Almost up there with Dominic Mysterio, Don. Kept trying. Um, I, I, I love what he had to say because I was like, he's doing the heel thing, the heel thing where he is a heel, right? He's talking all this crap like Kenny Omega wouldn't be here without me. And I'm over here like, oh, how dare you say that, right? Like, it's working. I mean, the reunion of Hangman and the Elite, some of us have been waiting forever. I love the story that they told with Hangman for two years. And I was very disappointed at after he won the title. I didn't think that they did a lot with Hangman that they could have done. And I don't know that Hangman has been interesting ever since. And he automatically, boom, becomes a top player just coming out and reuniting with the elite. And it was beautiful. It's a perfect way to end the show. Not overbooked. They didn't keep going. They didn't do anything. They left you hanging there. I can't wait. And I did enjoy the last Honor King, the arena match at the last double or nothing. I'm excited for this. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. We're going to have some great visuals. I also think it should close the show unless there's a swerve. Very happy to see Hangman reunited with the Elite. Cannot wait for BTE this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff here again. Yeah, should be the main event, uh, all things considered. Unless they got some crazy, you know, unless somebody's going to pop up and, you know, MJF's going to, we all know MJF's going to win. Unless, unless somebody's going to pop up and appear on the ramp or something and stare him down or be a new, you know, whatever. But I, I think uh, probably all things considered going into this, that uh, this would be best served uh, to anchor double or nothing so yeah very exciting um and 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 genuinely don't know who who's gonna go over in this you know you, you know wrestling 101 kind of says okay the baby faces come out and do this but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the way that this this goes right. down right you know right so Agreed. So that that's that's intriguing in its own right. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things here a lot of aew talk tonight uh, again very busy day for them in the wrestling world. Uh, again, shout out to to them and Collision debuting June 17th. Uh, where? We don't know yet, but we'll find out soon, we hope. And uh, who's going to be there? We'll find out eventually. A lot of uh, a lot of intrigue surrounding this show. So um, we'll see. You know, they, they, they launched Rampage a couple years ago, and it had buzz for about a minute. And then it quickly, it quickly revealed what Rampage was. Uh, let's see if, if Collision can be be any different from that all right so that was AEW dynamite tonight again big thanks to everybody with all their chats uh super chat or otherwise again hit the like button hit the follow button hit the share button whatever you can do final thoughts plugs and other randomness jimmy go no it it was an enjoyable episode and the matches were good and, and a lot of these segments were good again it's as i always say the little things but when there are too many little things they add up to equal a big thing and you got to just take care of those little things and tighten those screws. But other than that, for the most part, it was enjoyable. And uh, as far as where you can reach me, you can reach me here on Wednesday nights. You can see us, us Mm -hmm. usually. And on Monday nights, uh, triple J covering raw. And I saw the look for me. So there, I know, I know. And uh, you can catch me um, roughing it up with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner and our host RJ, as we, this week's topic of conversation Sean X-Pac Waltman at any name you want, Lightning Kid, one, two, three kid, whatever the case may be. Uh, great discussion about him this week. And you can catch my ref and rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Friday every morning. They're only a minute long. And again, they are critiques not to tear down, but to help, you know, tighten screws. 
was part of that discussion about the fact that I think it's today, as in Wednesday, mm-hmm. an anniversary of when he became the one, two, three kid, the famous moonsault yes. on the Razor Ramon in the Manhattan Center. One, two, three, the jobber hmm. beats the established star. It may have come up. <laughs> That's your wrestling history, folks. Yes. Issa, wrap it up. Yeah, I thought this was a fun show. I, I wish it would have paced a little bit differently. I thought the second hour was a lot more loaded than the first hour. Um, excited to see what the Elite does. And as far as I go, you guys can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you can also find me on Lucha Libre Online, my own YouTube, NYC Demon Diva across all social media platforms. I will be re-announcing at WWC's 50th anniversary show. Whoa. And if you're not in Puerto Rico, it will be live on Fight tv so you guys can go ahead and get it there the, i already know the car and it's going to be sick you don't want to miss it that's huge awesome. 50th anniversary that's 50th anniversary yep tremendous wow, one of the longest a- running, running wrestling companies out there that's so cool for you growing up having watched that and then yes. now, you, now you're ringing off on a 50th anniversary show i cried when they come when when i got the call like an idiot but it was it was emotional that's that's how i fell in love with wrestling it was with cap it was it used to be known as capital sports promotion and mm-hmm. now it's a dream for me i still i get to be backstage and interview the talent and sometimes some of the legends just know me by name and i still like just internally mark out every time they come mm-hmm. up and say hi to me so to be part of such a big show Mm-hmm. It's an honor. And the fact that now they just announced this week that it's going to be on Fight TV so the whole world can see it. You know, a lot of people are raving about the Puerto Rican crowd of backlash. Mm-hmm. So buy this pay-per-view and fight and get you some more of that Puerto Rican crowd. Yeah, they got a lot of momentum to play off of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isa, is your ring announcing, is it, is it all just in, in Spanish or do you do, uh, do, you do uh, b- bilinguals? <laughs> So we're going to discuss how we're going to do this because of it being on fight. Typically, we do it in Spanish, but because of it being on fight, we might we might mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, and again, that they they have the 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 great resource in you that the fact that you speak fluently to both. So that's mm-hmm. uh, there you go. That's awesome. Well, hey, check that out if you uh, if you get a chance to uh, check out Fight TV or if, if you can get to Puerto Rico live, all the more. But uh, otherwise, check that out. Uh, on Fight TV, it's big news. Congrats to you, Issa. Very proud of you. Um, again, all three of us together every Wednesday night, as Jimmy uh, noted. Uh, Wednesday night, I'm here. Monday night, I'm here. Uh, Friday mornings, usually on Sirius XM. Spar with LaBar, Channel 156 on uh, Sirius XM Radio's Busted Open. Uh, lots, lots, and lots always going on in the wrestling world. Follow me at Just LaBar. Tweet any and all of us again. Where in the world are you when you are checking out this podcast, and what are you doing? Really love to hear that. It makes uh, makes for fun stories, fun fun conversations. Uh, to see how this podcast is reaching people, you know, and it, it really does, especially like you know, the other day, like I said, that person saying, "Oh, you know, I, I, I the, 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 the word was like, you know, I, I count on this podcast so I can listen to it while I'm getting through my workday, walking and driving, delivering mail. Please don't ever leave." And like, you know, it puts it in perspective. It's like, you know, we all try to be at this podcast most every week. Occasionally, life gets in the way and we got to reschedule, but it really does. It's it's a nice uh, reminder. It's a nice little uh, affirmation of of this hour or hour and a half of recording that we do each night of like that people are counting on it just to get through their day or help them their day be a little bit better. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a very cool, very cool feeling of all of us being connected in this crazy wild world of pro pro wrestling. All right. That is going to do it for tonight. Like subscribe, comment, do all the good things. We'll be back next week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.